Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. And we urge you to join the inner circle, www.themaximuspodcast.com. Go there, sign up for the inner circle. You'll have access to daily workouts, full workout plans, nutritional information, inspirational videos from both Joe and Bobby, a ton of other useful information to make you better at life and training. And you will have access to both of us on a one-on-one basis daily. Uh, There's a lot of discussion, a lot of chat. We formed a wonderful community with people from all over the world. So if you like this podcast and uh, you want it to keep going, uh, support us and support yourself by signing up. Again, that's www.themaximuspodcast.com. Sign up for the inner circle. Joe, while we were in uh, Los Angeles, we had the chance to sit down with two very good friends of ours, uh, David and Christy, who are the founders and uh, the people that run a gym that we love called Hero's Journey. Um, And uh, we did an interview with them uh, that's gonna be featured right now. So let's get right into that and uh, everyone can learn what Hero's Journey is and why it's one of our favorite places. Yeah, here we go. Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. Uh, we are sponsored by Lalo Tactical, www.lalo.com for the best in tactical boots, tactical shoes, and of course, Maximus workout shoes. Uh, David and Christy, I'll have you know, they are our guests today. We'll introduce them in a minute, but uh, if you guys have Maximus shoes on, which you don't, they Mine increase... are outside the room here. It's good, uh... good. They, they increase your handsomeness, <laughs> testosterone, strength, and, and really life performance. That's in a new study conducted by Harvard by 28.32%. I was actually sad you didn't mention my Lalo shoes when you came in this morning. That feels like that was an oversight on your part. It, it was an oversight. I'm glad. But you're not wearing the Maximus. I have like a, it's like a conflict of interest. When people buy Lalo, I'm happy, but I'm kind of pissed by the Maximus. So, <laughs> so I used to own the Maximus. So we're clear. And then I talked to you about it. When it came time I needed to get a new pair, they were out. Uh, I felt like that was your fault. And so it I probably, ordered. I, I, I sell a lot of stuff. You know, it's just it's what happens. And then these damn studies come out and everyone wants one. Um, we're also sponsored by Nitor Performance, N-I-T-O-R, performance.com. Get yourself some protein, build your muscles, be big and strong. Uh, I forgot the damn codes again. For Lalo, it's Maximus 20. For Nitor, it's Maximus Podcast. So now that we've paid our bills... Uh, David, Christy, how are you guys? Good. You're well. It's morning, but I'm awake, so that's. I'm mostly awake. <laughs> All right, so we're not we're not the most professional around here. Um, I, I don't have an intro planned. You guys are going to intro yourselves. So Perfect. tell us why the hell you're on the podcast. Who are you? What do you do? What makes you yeah, tick? How did you get here? How did you get here? Who <laughs> let you in? Do you want to? Okay. I'm going to let um, you go first. All right, so uh, I'm David Nett, and Christy. I'm, I'm Christy Black Nett. I'm the pirate version of this <laughs> yes. duo. Uh, And we own a gym in Los Angeles and Burbank, technically, called Heroes Journey Fitness. Um, We train, we are specifically geared toward people who haven't had a history of fitness in their lives, who are maybe intimidated by a traditional, like a CrossFit gym or a class-led gym or a Gold's gym or something, uh, and who want a safe place to learn how to be fit and healthy that fits into their life and their lifestyle. We cater to a lot of nerds and geeks because that's who we are. Um, Yeah, and this is our place, Heroes Journey Fitness. I like it. So, a little bit uh, about our background. Uh, we've been friends for three years now. Maybe no, it's, I think it's been more, more than like that. Five, five, five or six. It's it's longer than we think. Yeah, yeah. my my concept of time is completely yeah. completely messed up. 
Um, and we also did a panel together at Comic-Con. Yes. On, uh, I want to say it was on nerd exclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How we, exclusion yeah. can work both ways. What did we call it? We had a cool name for it, but I feel like it's... It's uh, it was, uh, something uh, I don't remember. Revenge uh, of the Nerds? It was, yeah, it was called it something like... Uh, should have been. <laughs> like I'm Nerdy 2 or something oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah. Something, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Um, so we've, we've done a bunch of stuff together. So tell us really why what prompted you to start a place like this i mean obviously you guys are fellow nerds mm. but like yeah. what what prompted you to start a place like this was it the bad experience in your life uh that, that like you didn't want other people to feel the same was it a business opportunity i mean what's the deal i mean you're you're kind of part of the origin story and yeah i, I mean into it but. We, we we had a, a gym prior to this uh and and which is born sort of out of the same thing. And, and this is a little bit more purposeful. That was an accidental business. But for me, I didn't start really trying to get fit until I was 40. My life was sort of turned upside down when I was 40. I got divorced. A lot of other things happened. And, and I found myself in a place where I was physically very unfit. I had never, I had never pursued fitness really in my life. And I was mentally you know, unfit. And um, one of the things that I found helped me is a friend of mine who had just gotten certified as a CrossFit trainer um, invited me to come work out with him at his gym and I didn't feel comfortable there. Um, even though everybody, I knew a lot of the people at that gym from social gatherings and stuff and they were perfectly great people. But when I got there, I didn't feel comfortable. I, I felt like I didn't belong there. Um, and that was about me. It wasn't about them. Uh, but I, I wasn't able to, um, to access my potential or to access my opportunity for fitness there. Uh, so we started working out in his garage and I figured out, we figured out together how I needed to be trained. I'm not motivated by competition. Um, I'm not motivated by somebody yelling at me one more rep. Um, I actually had uh, some of the times that we've trained together in, in, a, in a more traditional gym environment with like people yelling encouragement at me when I'm on the rower that actually shuts me down. That makes it harder for me to perform. Um, but what I figured out is I figured out that I respond really well to collaboration, to, uh, compassion, to, a thoughtful explanations of why we're doing things beforehand and it that made me feel comfortable in a gym environment and I couldn't when I went out in the world I couldn't find that so we started a place where um, where we are uh, pur- purposefully built and purpose built for people who may be intimidated by a traditional gym situation who may be not motivated by guilt or shame or competition or any of the things that the, the major fitness industry has traditionally used for good or ill to motivate people um, but who are uh, who need a, maybe a gentler hand in order to feel comfortable to try to get themselves fit and healthy. So it is definitely based on my experience of, of trying to, to become fit and healthy. Chrissy's a lifelong Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in a gymnastics gym, and so I, I'm uh, much more comfortable in a traditional gym setting. However, I prefer kind of a more compassionate not that not that traditional gyms don't have compassionate people in them because that's not yes the that's case not because, um there are lots of amazing people that are kind of compassionate that have gym spaces but uh i thrive a little bit more when uh there's a thoughtful approach and uh more introspection on what my goals are as opposed to what somebody else's goals are for me and and i think the the fitness industry has necessarily built itself into a place where the spokespeople and the visuals of the fitness industry are extremely fit ripped beautiful you know whatever the the current standard of beauty and, and fitness is in the world and if you look at that picture and you don't see yourself that way and can't imagine yourself being that that can be really intimidating and so the while again like i say i mean i i can go into many of the crossfit gyms around los angeles we know a lot of people who run them they're incredible people i still feel a little uncomfortable there even though I'm perfectly capable of doing those workouts and I'm perfectly capable of handling there and the people who are there are kind and care for me it doesn't 
uh, the industry hasn't been built to put that forward. And so if I'm brand new to this world, um, it's, it's intimidating and scary to go out there and to go out there and do that, even, even again, in a place where that is actually compassionate, but, but may not, that may not be how they advertise themselves or the first thing that they say about themselves. So what do you guys do differently than, say, a traditional gym or like a regular CrossFit gym? So one of the things that we've done is, uh, so we, uh, we left our previous gym about two years ago and we spent that time, uh, having thought discussion between the two of us and with other people that we, uh, value and trust, uh, to have a thoughtful approach. And one of the things that we came up with is what we call our respawn track. I mean, we're a little nerdy, so respawn, uh, <laughs> is where you're going to go you know, recharge, recover. So we've put as high an emphasis on recovery and resilience as we have on the strength and conditioning portion. So so that, uh, especially because we have lots of people who are entering into fitness, they're new to fitness as adults in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, um, the skills to recover and balance out the, the new strength and conditioning style workouts that they're doing is just as important. And so we've really stacked our schedule and made that um, a priority. And we're working, I mean, we've been only been open, we're in our third month. So, uh, but we've really, we're trying to create a community where it's valued just as much as a heavy deadlift or a, a row sprint or something uh, in that. And, and part of the way we do that too is because you guys talk about recovery all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and this is, this is, I mean, people who are athletes who have gotten to a high level performance understand recovery, obviously. But most gyms, and again, I say most with a broad brush, most gyms, well, even if they talk about recovery, they're asking you to do that uh, on your time, you know, making sure you get enough sleep, eating, going for walks, you know, doing the things that Massages. help you recover on your time. We've tried, to, we've tried to fill our schedule with those things as well. So part of what you come to the gym for is to learn those skills or to do that recovery work, rolling out massages, yoga, meditation, whatever that is, to, to fuel your body and stuff and to make, like Chrissy said, to make it very visibly a prominent part of getting fit. Um, we also adapt all of our workouts on the board uh, to a wide range of athletes, beginners to experience. So any workout that we would design, if we're talking about traditional strength and conditioning workouts, um, are meant to challenge anyone who walks into the gym who are, who can be challenged by an hour-long workout. I mean, there are plenty of people in, in our world who need more volume to feel really challenged. But if you can be challenged by a 50-minute workout, we can challenge you um, in the gym. But uh, we want to make sure that when we write the workout on the board, uh, we have an adaptation stack for every movement and for every opportunity so that... Um, if you go to a, a like a more traditional CrossFit gym um, that's run by really good coaches, they're going to expect you to adapt the movement to your body. That's part of the expectation of that gym, but it isn't always written on the board. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're brand new to that environment and you feel like you don't want to be a bother to someone and you're trying to shrink into yourself because you're an introvert, or you know somebody says you this is going to be a body weight back squat and you've never back squatted before and you don't want to speak up, you know there's a there's a barriers there. So what we do is we put all the adaptation stack that we've thought of on the board right there. So when you walk in the room, you can see that it's not. You're not an exception if you need to change this thing. You're not an exception if you need a different movement or a box under your squat or whatever that is. It's written on the board so it becomes part of the workout. And then if you need something beyond what's on the board, because we've talked about that adaptation stack, you can maybe feel a little bit more free to ask questions. And we spend a lot of time in our workout explanations um, inviting questions and inviting adaptation and talking about the fact that we are all different. We're in different places on our journey. If everybody is in this room, we got 15 people in a workout or 10 people in a workout, and they are all doing exactly the same thing. We're failing somebody. Mm. Um, so I do have a question about that. Yeah. 
do you guys then, I'm assuming the way you're talking, you don't have beginner, intermediate, and advanced classes. Okay. It's just one class. Yes. Do you think that changes at some point? Or does that kind of, is like, is that anti-inclusion then? We, we've we've uh, talked about this a lot uh, between the two of us. Um, we have no plans to change that. We do have uh, classes that are more challenging. Like we have a barbarians class that happens every other Saturday. It's a 90-minute, more grueling uh, work out, but it it ad- adapts as well. What we found that for our demographic, for the people that we serve, is that uh, the community aspect of it is just as important, and then also lowering any barriers of entry. So if if somebody wants to try something, if there there are, we want everything that somebody comes in here, every class to be accessible to everybody. And I think too, if you're if you are looking for something that we don't offer from a challenge standpoint, if you're an elite athlete training for something that we're not offering you the the volume of training for or the specific really advanced stuff. I mean, we've got enough certifications and training we can train advanced athletes, and we do have some of those in private training. But but our, because our classwork is aimed at everyone, um, it, it's entirely possible that you may get to a point in your fitness with your goals where our classwork is not satisfying you and. We, we've talked about that a lot, and we're, we're okay with that. We, we, the population that we serve primarily are people who aren't being served elsewhere. We're, we're in Burbank. There are probably 100 gyms within walking distance of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you need like a really intense um, class workout that's not like a one-on-one coach or one-on-one private training workout, if you want something that's be, uh, an intensity beyond what we offer, there are 100 other places just in the Simides area that have them. We may lose your business, but if your goals take you beyond us, we're, we're happy for that. If we've given you, lit a fire under you that that extends you beyond the things that we can offer, that's great. The one thing that we don't want to do is we don't want to create environments here where anybody feels excluded, where you feel like, gosh, I don't want to try that because that's too hard for me. Um, that's really important to us. Yeah. My, my question would be, though, and, and this is actually really interesting that this came up because we talk about the culture of a place mm-hmm. all the time. And I'll be, I'll be very frank with you guys. Um, I respect the hell of you both. Um, I don't I actually got a question yesterday someone said they were average it was a negative self-talk thing and I said I don't hang out with average people uh-huh. <laughs> like that was just my like, sorry you're anything but average you guys are great trainers we've known each other for years mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of trainers in the world I'd send somebody to but your gym would be the first on the list of people I would send people to oh that's kind thank you in LA mm-hmm. so my question then is isn't there a natural point where you have to face this? Because if I give you 50 people knowing what you two are capable of, mm-hmm. if I give you 50 people, I assume that in two years, those 50 people are going to be studs. They're going to be really, really it, fit. It so depends like, upon what you want for your life, though. And I think, I think most of the people, and I'll I just make a generalization, generalization yeah. here, but most of the people that are coming to Hero's Journey because, because they are looking for you know, a path to fitness and health in their life, they're not... Um, for the most part, their goal isn't to look like Bobby Maximus. They're not. They're not trying to be the giantest, you know, to have the broadest back uh, at their office. They're trying to um, become fit and healthy so that they live a long time and can play with their kids and can go upstairs without without exhausting themselves. And so, and we can definitely provide that ongoing for the rest of your life and give you the tools to do that. If if our people who come to us become really enamored of this thing and they decide, you know, what my goal is 
to have a back like Bobby Maximus. First, we'll send them to those seminars, to the places where they can learn that stuff. We can do private one-on-one training where we can definitely advance their, their fitness. And that's always available to everybody. Also, there's adaptations that we can do within in the, the group workouts. Because we, yeah. we, I mean, when you run a gym, you know everybody who's in there. And there's even people now where we'll make suggestions or offer or invite them to try something that's a little bit more... Uh, intense neurologically or weight wise or just in that adaptation they might not even be on the board and it's important to note too when we talk about our adaptation stack it's not all simpler movements and it's not all less intense movements it's also more intense movements so we're building our workouts um so that the 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 baseline if you will is is challenging but attainable for for those people who are at the the who are moving into that really fit range of their lives but our adaptation stack includes if this is if you're feeling comfortable here, you're not being challenged by this. Here are some things you could do to challenge yourself. So we're also pursuing that. The uh, reason the reason I ask is because Joe and I we might not come across that way. There's a difference between I'd say I think we all have the same spirit in this room. Mm-hmm. There's just a very big difference in our branding. Yeah, yeah. Like when I look around, yeah. you guys are very inclusive oriented. You go to Minor Joe's Instagram, and it's more like "fuck off, we're fit." Like it, it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't mean to like it doesn't mean to come across yeah. like that. No, but but it does. And, and my point is, I got this kid Zach at my gym, and Zach when he started, terrible movement patterns. Mm-hmm. Never worked out a day in his life. He's a fifteen-year-old kid. Yeah, um, the, he actually reminds me of me a lot when I was mm. fourteen. Like I was a kid that got pinned under a. 45-pound barbell. I was scared yeah. shitless to go into the gym. I was a kid that got beat up and his magic cards taken, stuffed in a locker. Like, this is this kid. In like two months of coming three times a week, this little dude has gotten fucking accidentally fit. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm kind of like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> what, what the hell? Like, also, when you're 15 and the outlet testosterone yeah. Yeah. The transformation happens You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm looking at him like, okay, I have a population of Zach's. And now all of a sudden he's doing shit on the airdyne and well, they're, they're, he's doing stuff rowing and I'm like, oh, okay, he's getting fit now. So I have a problem at my gym with the like, do I do beginner classes? Do I do advanced? Well, there's, I are, think there's, there's a reality because if you're doing group fitness classes, you can't just focus on one person's yeah. needs yeah. very well. Like you're kind of focusing on everybody's needs sort of well. What we've done is we've we figured out a couple of patterns for our workouts that – you know, while we deviate a lot and we have a lot of variety, there are a handful of patterns that we're, we've been calling compassionate patterns, but that's not not because they're necessarily gentle, but because I love that you've got a fuel up in the middle of the in the middle of the podcast. Just, up the Just for people that can't see this, I'm I'm actually mixing Nitor Protein N I T O R Performance dot com. But I, but I watched you drink one of those like an hour ago. So okay, so <laughs> David, listen, you're you're a smart. No, guy. no, I get it, I get it. Your muscle listen, volume is like seven times mine. Yeah, listen, here's, here's the deal. You you just went on some, and, and listen, I want to tell you, you're a beautiful man. I appreciate. I love you. I appreciate your rant about my back and how powerful I am. <laughs> all these things, but like that didn't happen by accident. No, I get it. Like I care. There's like yep. you're like oh, which guy in this room would carry around the bags of protein? It's Probably. No, it's just funny because Christy's always got like protein bars and stuff in her purse. We've always got snacks on us, but like a protein bar is what I need in the middle of the workout. You've yeah. got like a 10-gallon protein shake. It's yeah, awesome. whole thing. Um, no, what we're saying, we've, we've fallen into some patterns that we call compassionate coaching patterns that allow us to challenge those people who get to that point where they need to push themselves but also are inviting to – to, uh, to people who are just beginning or maybe confused by movement. And, and largely what that, in, what that encompasses is a lot of timed work. 
a lot of like instead of 10 reps here we do lots right. of regular rep schemes but in our group classes there's a lot of we're going to spend 30 seconds doing this okay. or a minute doing this yeah, or everyone starts doing this. at the same yeah. time ends at the same yes. time and so, so there's nobody work. finishing first and yeah, standing yeah. around and there's nobody lagging who feels like I've lagged behind you're filling that time with work at your capacity but I think part of the problem that uh, Bobby's alluding to is the fact that if somebody's coming here for two years at the end of two years they're going to be in pretty good shape yes right yes. like that that's a given if they're putting the effort in that's where they get um, that's great. I mean, if you're at the point where like you're coming to classes and maybe 10, 20, 30 years down the road, you're still able to do these classes. Yeah. If the goal is, I'm just trying to be at that level of fitness, mission accomplished. You're out in the real world playing with your grandkids, mm-hmm. hiking up hills, doing whatever you want to do. If somebody gets into this and like David said before, they get just really enamored of this thing and they want to go further or they need something unique that's where the private training comes in. Yep. Well, and we actually, we have a hybrid membership option. So one of our things too, is we've tried to make everything as accessible as possible. And that's included in like our pricing. We've thought about that a lot. And one thing that we found when we ran a gym previously is kind of that two year kind of like plateau right. where you get people who get that like two it's, year. It was the same with my cross to get game, fit. Right? And either then they just kind of maintain that they backslide or they want to go further. Right. We mm-hmm. kind of have those three paths for, we saw previously a lot of people that just kind of plateaued or backslid. And so we thought, how can we provide tools or paths so that people can navigate that a little bit better? And one thing is we have an unlimited uh, membership that also includes a single private training session Hmm. per month. And that can be used however they want. So it can be like some people right now I do... um, uh, mobility, joint mobility drills with them, and we're working on their movement patterns and range of motion and all of that. So it's a lot of just like drill work and adjusting the work that they're going to do outside of the gym setting. Some of it is we're we're planning approaches for the next month's worth of workouts. What's the intent going to be? Are you going if you're wanting to build as much muscle as possible? Here's how you're going to approach these workouts in the group workout. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think the private training at some point. You know, private training is going to come into it when you want to be as jacked as possible, right. or you have to go out and find that knowledge for yourself. Well, and and hopefully by the time that comes, like you've gotten comfortable, you've gotten more comfortable in your own skin more than anything, where your confidence is up. That if if David or Christie say, "Hey, I want to send you to Salt Lake City to train with Bobby Maximus," yeah. you're not like oh. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, that's like the next logical step here. And we we do have one member right now that we're kind of uh, that kind of has hit that where she has gotten really fit over the last couple of years. She's starting to explore. Well, what do I want from this? Mm-hmm. Um, starting to explore more edu- education for herself. Um, we're working with her likely to become a coach because that's the path that she wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we would want that as well because she's fantastic. But not everybody's going to want that that coaching path, but there's ways we're not, I don't, I don't feel intimidated by, uh, experts or somebody going out and finding something, something else, something else. Like we want, we want to help people find their path to fitness and we have created this community and we will do everything we can to help people uh, reach their goals. But there are likely situations or people where we're not going to be able to provide that for them and we will help them find what will help them along their path. And a big part of it is building trust as well. And, you know, if if indeed we have that two years with someone, hopefully by the end of that, they trust us to be able to come to us and say, Mm -hmm. you know, this is what I want. Or we can see them in class maybe... Being becoming disenchanted, or maybe they fall off their classwork a little bit. We can talk to them, and we can help guide them. 
And like you say, if it is private training, great. If it is, you know what, I want, you haven't been at the Barbarians class, I want to add that to your weekly regimen. Mm-hmm. Or if it is, you know, you, you're, you're becoming, I can see you're becoming disenchanted with the traditional strength and conditioning, let's add a boss fight class in there. We have a boxing class, boxing skills and, and conditioning class. Let's add some variety in there. So we've got a lot of variety of classes we can add. But ultimately, if it comes to, you know, you come to me and you say, what I really want is I want to become a competitive power lifter. I'm going to say, okay, we are, fortunately, we live in Los Angeles. Um, Christy and I can help put you on that path, but let's talk about, let's go meet some people that can really put you into that place. We can get you started, but neither of us are competitive pod, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, power lifters. And at a certain point, if you want to compete, let's put you on the track with somebody who is an expert. Now you brought up trust. And I think that's, that's a real key component to what you guys have built here. Mm-hmm. So my next question is, how do you develop that trust from the beginning, like what is the path that somebody ends up on your doorstep? How do they find you? What happens when they walk in? Um, there's some simple things. I think there's some simple, really repeatable things. And the first thing is learn people's names. And that sounds stupid, but especially if you've got a gym with multiple yeah. coaches and a check-in system, I think one of the things that we've decided when we look at technology for our gym is we don't let people check themselves in. Um, the coach checks people in. So that the coach, whoever that is, whether it's me or Christy or one of our other coaches, learns people's names. Um, and it's a silly thing, but names are powerful. Uh, and it's yeah. an important part of respect. And if I've been at your gym five or six times and you don't know my name, I'm going to start to wonder whether you care about me. Um, so, I mean, that's just a purely mechanical thing, but learn people's names. And maybe you don't ever see them in class because don't, you don't coach the 6 a.m. whatever class. But somebody at your gym has got to know who they mm-hmm. are. Um, otherwise, you don't feel respected and you don't feel cared for. That's really important. Um, and then talk to people. You know, make sure you're communicating with them, asking them how they feel, asking them how their body is, and remember that stuff and share that stuff. We we have a, a Slack channel. Um, we've got a, a Slack for our coaches, which is a, just a communication platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we talk about our members in that platform. This person's feeling good. This person's overextending themselves. This person's just hit a new PR. Um, yeah. We don't um, we we don't always... I should say, not that we don't celebrate numbers, but we don't focus a lot on numbers here. We don't only on, celebrate numbers. That's a good point. We, we, we try to incentivize lots of things, So, uh, uh, but we will communicate among the coaches when this person's gotten really strong. They hit a new PR. They're really happy so that we can all talk to them about it. We may not put a number up on the wall or anything mm-hmm. because we uh, that may be too much for the introverts amongst us. That may be uh, intimidating for new people, but we do make sure that the coaches then congratulate that person. And we, we spend time understanding them, understanding their journey. And then I think from the other mechanical thing about this is while we will suggest new paths as people, as we see people having the capacity for more stuff, we don't try to push them on a path that they're not interested in. We try to understand what is your journey? Why are you here? What are you interested in? Knowing that changes over time. So we keep talking to them. Um, and we're not trying to push them onto our journey. We're not trying to say you should be lifting more than this, or you should be able to do this thing. You should be able to run a mile or whatever. We're not, we're not in that business. Um, we are in the business of checking in. Are you achieving the goal that you want? Do you need help finding a goal? Um, and those things, I think, help build build trust. If, if you come to me and you say, you know, um, the thing we talked about last month, I'm feeling a little icky about that again, and uh, I know what that thing is that we talked about, and I remember, that's this is where trust comes from. We're going to care for you. We're listening to you. We we respect you as a person. From a, from a backside technical aspect, too, what we found is, um, the the small things that you can do when you're managing your member data is is really impactful too. So monitoring birthdays and sending out birthday cards, sending out thank you cards when it when it's appropriate, monitoring when people haven't come to the gym for ten days, um, and reaching out just a simple you know we understand that your life priority stack is always shifting, and well uh, we hope that you know 
your health and fitness and coming to the gym is is in that stack, it's going to shift based on other things you have going on, work stress, family stress, um, things of that nature. But just having taking the time to reach out and remind them that we're here is really has been impactful. We've seen lots of great um, increases in trust as well as uh, feelings of inclusion in the community, even when somebody's not able to come as often as they had previously or want to. So it sounds to me like in, in simple terms, you guys kind of give people a lot of ownership into their own fitness journey. It's like, it's not just you're doing this. It's like you want to collaborate with your people yeah. Yeah. to come up with their own path. And some people just want to come in and be told what to do, yeah. and that's great as well. But that's part of that conversation is, you know, what are you here for? What are your goals? Um, what, one thing that we've, we've been really successful at, I think, even in our short time, is um, helping people understand what fitness will mean for them. Helping them, you know, know it's not a number on a scale because scales are the worst measure of health, and we all understand that. Um, it's not a number on a scale. It is the ability to walk up those stairs to your office and not feel winded at the top, maybe, or maybe not feel as winded at the top. But really helping them understand what fitness will mean for their lives, so that we can measure against something that's meaningful. Well, and because we uh, uh, have a lot of nerds and geeks, we get a lot of that at like convention season, right? Oh, yeah. Where people will come back in and say, "I walked the entire exhibit hall at the San Diego Comic Con." And I felt fine, okay. and that which is had, a new thing, which is me. new, and yeah. and those things which when you when you look at the fitness world may seem like they're trivial, right? When we're when we're just talking about you know big ass deadlifts, which are fantastic and fun and feel powerful, um, but that has great as great of an impact in someone's life being able to walk the convention floor as. Um, a heavy deadlift may be for somebody else, and that's something that we can celebrate. So we, yeah, so we celebrate that thing. We celebrate people caring for themselves. We celebrate, you know, whatever that thing is along their path that is important uh, for them. We make sure we celebrate those. The things. other thing that we spend a lot of time doing in classes too is teaching people introspection um, of their own bodies. Of like, because you know, somebody can say, "Well, listen to your body." Well, if you've been so disembodied and not had a physical aspect to your life, you've been sitting at a desk or sitting playing Dungeons and Dragons as we all do from time to time. Um, whoa, and- whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I am not. I know, I know you were magic. Some of us play the king of games. <laughs> I am. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 by the way, that's actually very non-inclusive. I am very, I, I do not do Look, you saw my magic deck. Dragons. You know, you know my magic <laughs> I, I've, I've heard it said that Dungeons and Dragons is the last bastion. Of like, yeah, I'm nerdy, but I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. Like, once you cross that line, yeah. you're in. Actually, I would argue it's LARPing. Uh, so it's, I, would, I would there say... There is a hierarchy. I mean, there are lots of yeah. things with the hierarchy of nerds. Uh, and again, we, we have actually a lot of LARPers at the gym yeah. uh, here. So where does um, Magic the Gathering fall? Am I kind of a nerd? Or like a no, no, you're, nerd? Yeah, I think you're a straight nerd. So yeah. I, think, okay. I think it's important when we talk about inclusion here. Uh, we, and we actually talk about this a fair amount at the gym. Because we have a lot of people who will show up and say, I really I love the idea of what you guys are talking about. But I'm not really a nerd. And, I, and we say, look, you know, first... In our modern modern society, uh, you're probably a nerd about something, you know, whether that is sports or medicine or legal stuff or whatever your jam is that you have a depth of knowledge about. You're a nerd about something. Um, and second, you don't need – there's not a – there shouldn't be a gatekeeping in that. And we joke about a lot about it, whether it's, you know, uh, LARPers or, or, or furries or, you know, whatever your jam is that seems far outside the mainstream, even in a nerd-dominant society um, – but there shouldn't be a hierarchy. Well, and and it's also funny because like my instant reaction, we go back and forth about this all the time. Like, oh my God, Joe. 
Like you're doing Dungeons and Dragons. I can't. You know what I mean? Or like Friday Night Game. But Night, is but that because you've not ever played? No, yet? but I think yeah. it's, 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 it's honestly it's because of this. I think that even every human being, no matter who they are, is judgmental in a way. Sure. And it's like one of the nerdiest things I've ever done. And I'd say it's nerdy, but it was actually kind of fun. My son and I, we ordered 6,000 custom pieces from Denmark for Lego. Sure. And we sure. built like a replica of Helm's Deep. It took yeah. 30 hours. We had drafting plans on AutoCAD that were made. I shouldn't admit that I know how to use that program. I, 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 but I've seen <laughs> we that. Have this whole thing. Awesome. We have this yeah. whole thing. But it's like, that's about as like, as nerdy as it gets. Yeah. But like the minute you say like, oh, I'm doing this, I roll my eyes. I'm like, oh my God, you're such a nerd. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa back up a second. Like you have this thing. Um, it's, it, it's interesting. So like kind of switching gears a little bit. Uh, how do you protect the inclusion status of the of the gym? Because I look around and like things that I see are like I notice on the bathroom. Yeah, you've got an inclusive bathroom and, and you've got uh, a symbol which is like I, I don't know the proper term multi gender non binary. You've yeah. got the the, the symbol um, which is like really cool. You've got signs like I'm looking at one right now that says "Be brave enough to be kind." There's a lot of inclusion stuff yeah. around it's part of your brand it's part of who you are but naturally like there's a lot of comic book stuff here too yep. and that doesn't appeal to everybody as you said like what if i'm a person in burbank that is really unfit nervous to go to the gym and scared and i think this is the place for me but i don't like comic books like at some point it becomes hard to strike that balance so what do you guys do to make sure that that message stays I, I think our message is pretty broad right so and it speaks to a lot of people we have um, some of our trainers uh, their private clients are not nerdy at all right so our, we some have, of our trainers I mean we don't think of themselves as being nerdy. yeah but I would say that they are because they, they nerd out about a, a lot of things um, but I think I think the message of inclusion uh, is universal and so some of the other stuff is just kind of dressing on that and I think but I think it's the important thing is it's deliberate and it's constant. Yeah. So we don't have the, the be brave enough to be kind on the wall, um, which is uh, something that's actually a quote from a political activist, a Canadian political activist actually that I follow, named Anthony Oliveira, um, who tweets it a lot. Uh, he's in Toronto. He's a, so why do you like him better than me? Uh, <laughs> I don't like him better Where's than me. Where's my quote on the wall? <laughs> well, but your quote is every damn day, and that's, that's something that we're, you know, we have to, to mitigate it to... to, to we, um, we would have to asterisk and say... Asterisk the people. We, we would have to put, like, recovery, recovery as part of it. I can hear, hear eggshells cracking yeah, right it's, now. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll have you know, in my book, The Maximus Body, there's a lot of inclusionary stuff. I uh, I actually... Uh, so, I've, I've, obviously, you and I know this. Right? How about dreams can book. come true? You just have yes. to work for them. That's Look, not fucking well, nice. I say, well, I read the galleys of the book, and we talked about it before it came out. I've only ever looked at my picture in the book. So I turn right to that page with a picture of me, and then I look at anything else. Can I explain something to you? You're on thin ice right now. But I always try to be inclusive. So I'm going to break this down into language you, you can understand. Oh, please. We're all nerds here. Yes. You're the nerd that grew up to be nice. <laughs> I am the equivalent of Tom Marvello Riddle, and I will not mention his real name because bad things will happen. Sure. We don't Listen, speak. I was bullied. I was made fun of. And now I just want to set the whole fucking world on fire. Mm -hmm. So, like, if we get in an altercation, 
I go the path of he who shall not be named. Look, you, you I can. Think, I think if we get in an altercation, uh, the only thing I would ever do is run. I don't even know. Uh, it wouldn't even require an altercation with you, but especially an altercation with you. I don't know what it would ever. What we would ever you, know, do. you know what I actually think happens? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I say this because you have a certain affection for the She Hulk. I do. I, I think Christy turns into the She Hulk. I oh, turn no, into the, the, the Man Hulk or whatever his name is. And then there's a battle. And. According to comic book lore, I'm not sure who wins that fight. Uh, I, I, like, I know they faced off before, but I, I don't know who... I mean, we can, we can debate the yeah. relative power. <laughs> of but I will say, our, our workout yes. on Saturday, we haven't announced it yet, but we do, a, we do, a, we do themed workouts all throughout the week. Um, and so most of our general strength and conditioning classes have a, um, some kind of a nerdy or traditionally nerdy theme, a comic book theme or a, a fantasy theme or a sci-fi theme. Um, Saturday's workout is... Uh, Jennifer Walter's presents Hulk smash the patriarchy. So it's like a She-Hulk it. theme workout. Uh, but it's just Hulk smash because right now she's going by the Hulk because uh, Bruce Banner... For a while, Bruce Banner was, was dead. dead and then he came and back. So and so she just became Hulk and so yeah. as she's smashing the patriarchy, we dropped the Hulk. When, when do Joe and She-Hulk I get to be the boss in the boss fights? Yeah. Take down Bobby Maximus and Joe uh, There actually, there actually was when we were still at NerdStrong. There was a Bobby Maximus boss fight because we had a class that was called wasn't called boss fight. It was called boss battle. I don't know what it was, but there was a Bobby. Did Maximus anyone battle. defeat me? Uh, no, that class was it was a hack and slash class meant not to be finished, and so nobody ever. Actually I, I, because you would have to roll twenties, <laughs> like uh, to take me out. Now with um, the whole nerd thing. Uh-huh. We have seen a rise in nerd culture, yeah. Yeah. if you will. Like There was a time where I had to hide my comic books. There was a time I couldn't like go to school and talk about Spider-Man because I would right. take a beat down and get an L. Now, it's like everybody loves Marvel. Not everybody loves DC. Mm-hmm. But everybody <laughs> loves Marvel. Uh, Game of Thrones went crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Netflix is starting The Witcher. Um, there's all kinds of different things that are coming out. Do you think that makes your gym more accessible to people? Because it is something that's become part of the mainstream You know, culture, there's, there's you certainly will. people who come here who wouldn't think of themselves as nerdy, who know more of the things that we put on the board than Versus they like would otherwise. Versus like 15 years yeah. ago. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, I mean, it's certainly become more acceptable. I think it's, there's a whole bunch of things going on, and I think, I, I think this has been a, it's been slow progress. I made a, um, some web series a decade ago when web series were first beginning I, I had the luck of being in Los Angeles and being a filmmaker so I was able to make stuff with some cool people um, but they were about Dungeons and Dragons but, but 10 years ago uh, I had to explain not only what a web series was but then explain what Dungeons and Dragons was and then the audience was very small the audience is much larger now even in something as, as, as what we would think of as peripheral as Dungeons and Dragons um, it's yeah it's definitely becoming more mainstream I still think that um, there is a a cultural touch point of gaming or of superhero movies or whatever, but there's still a stigma on the idea of being a nerd or a geek, I think, to a certain extent. And it depends upon where you are. And there are plenty of people who will say I'm a nerd or I'm a geek. Um, but I think there's still places uh, where I grew up in North Dakota um, in a pretty rural area where um, being called a nerd is still not a thing that you want, especially when you're in junior high. And I think there's still plenty of stigma. It's easy for Christy and I sitting in Burbank here surrounded by comic conventions every weekend yeah. and surrounded by our nerd friends and playing Dungeons and Dragons once a month and reading our comic books and knowing a bunch of comic book writers. It's easy to feel like, oh, the nerds have made it. It's not a big deal anymore. But there's plenty of places where it's still, there's, there's still somebody being pushed into a locker and called a nerd where it hurts their feelings. Yeah, and, and I can imagine. It's just the one thing that I've noticed and it really came to a head with me with Game of Thrones is like all my sportscaster people I follow on Twitter, on ESPN, mm-hmm. 
they're all like enraged about the Game of Thrones finale. And they're like, I'm like, and so there's this girl, Jamel Hill, who I, who I love. She's a sports writer. She's like the person you wouldn't expect to be a nerd. And she's like just putting people on blast about Game of Thrones on Twitter. And I'm like, holy shit. Like this is really mainstream now. And, and it's kind of like I'm trying to think of books I read as a kid, but like the Skystone tr- uh, trilogies, um, the Sword of Shannara, which, like was, a Shannara a TV, which was a TV series. Like yeah. you could have never, 15 years ago, talked about that stuff. People would be like, "What the hell are you I talking mean, 15 about?" Years ago, I tried to read the Sword of Shannara and it didn't get that far. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, but it's like it's like that stuff isn't now. It's like Amazon's about to pump. $39 billion. Well, I think what happened with a lot of that stuff, though, is that we, people realize that these are universal stories. Yeah, I mean, there was, there was stigmas around nerdhood and geekhood and stuff because it wasn't normal or it wasn't masculine or it wasn't, you know, feminine enough or whatever the thing was about it. But the reality is these are universal stories. We all knew this. Those of us who read comics, those of us who read these books, we knew these were universal stories. The, the Lord of the Rings isn't something special that only nerds can understand. It's a story. Uh, it's a journey of growth and personal battles and, you know... you but it, it requires a big budget movie or a big budget TV show to expose that to enough people to prefer to realize it. And that was part one with David and Christy from Hero's Journey. Remember, go to www.themaximuspodcast.com. Sign up for the Inner Circle for daily workouts, full workout plans, inspirational videos, motivation, access to uh, both Joe and myself on a day-to-day basis, and access to a community of like-minded people from all over the world. And don't forget to tune into part two uh, of this podcast with Hero's Journey next week. The last of the real world.